Get to Old Navy right now. Jeans, tees, and dresses for the family are on sale up to 50% off. Jeans start at just $15 for adults and $10 for kids. Hurry in now for amazing styles at amazing prices. Up to 50% off jeans, tees, and dresses. And save even more when you redeem your super cash now through Sunday. Get there fast. These deals won't last long. End Sunday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid July 20 to July 28th. Select styles only. Real Perspectives seeks real people with real issues for real solutions from real perspectives. The show features inspirational guests, powerful business minds, interviews with top-notch entertainers, and much more. Hey guys, it's your girl Latanya Moore here with Real Perspectives, and I have Miss Tracy Reddy. Tracy is a relationship and wellness coach, and she's committed to improving the emotional wellness of African Americans. Through providing therapy, life coaching, business mentoring, and life events, she ignites audiences and individuals alike with messages of wholeness. She excels in equipping black men and women with the tools to use the treasure from their past to thrive in the present and create a prosperous, magnetic future. Tracy's motto is, the business of becoming the best version of yourself was never meant to be a solo project. She's here today to talk with us about how she can help you renew your mind, declutter your heart, and walk boldly into your purpose. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So your entire platform is really built around helping people to create positive relationships. Tell us how you got started in that area. Well, um, primarily my, my background, my professional background, my training is in, is in therapy. My master's degree is in therapy. And so I took interest in uh, the emotional wellness of adults way back when, a long time ago. It's kind of surprising. But when I was a child, uh, I was raised by a bunch of adults. Uh, uh, my parents, I, I was raised by my grandmother, and within her house were all these different aunts and cousins that were all older than me. Um, but one key rule in our house were children were to be seen and not heard. And so I did not always have a voice, and I was not always able to express how I feel or what I thought about different things that were going on. But what I was able to do was observe the adults around me and observe the adults in my house and the conflicts they had and the issues they were experiencing. And I started to, even as a child, begin to put pieces together and wonder, why don't they see this? Why aren't they embracing, you know, a result? Why aren't they, um, why aren't they looking for a solution? They just kind of get mad and keep on going. And still, but they still harbor it and harbor these uh, feelings and these negative emotions, and that has just stuck with me throughout from a childhood on up until now. And it gave me a very real interest in the emotional health of African American people. So that's kind of where it got started. That's where the seed was planted. Okay. Now, do you find, or or have you found in in your research or through your work that there's a difference between uh, 
emotional health or emotional interactions of African Americans versus other persuasions? Um, in my experience, in my research, absolutely. Now, there are some similarities. I mean, there's just some things that's just a human thing. You know, it's just human sometimes to to kind of stuff your feelings or to to have a, a, a situation to happen and you don't want to don't want to burden anybody with it. Uh, but what I have found is that at some point, uh, for example, white people will deal with the issue. They will seek help for the issue. They will have that hard conversation with that father or that mother or, you know, whoever that was that, that was involved in that situation. But generally, our people, we've learned the art of just letting it go. And, and I think a lot of that comes from our experience here in this country in general, but we just, we've been conditioned to just let things go, to just keep on pressing. And I, I have a little saying that I use all the time when it comes to this idea of letting things go. Have you ever had a helium balloon and you let it go into the air? Mm-hmm. And it goes up. And if, you, and if you're outside, it goes way up. You know, it goes way far up even to where you can't see it anymore. But then at some point in life, some point one day, that balloon comes back down somewhere on the earth, and somebody picks it up or some garbage man puts it on the truck or whatever, but it comes back down. Well, that's kind of the same way it is with our emotions. We can just let it go. When they made me mad, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to keep on pushing. But it's going to come back down somewhere in your life. It doesn't just dissipate. It doesn't just, you know, go away. That balloon never just goes away. It just leaves you for a moment. But it actually it, it still exists. And so that's kind of how our emotions are, and that's the way I try to get people to think about it, that you can let it go to an extent for a season, but it still affects how you interact with people in the future. And that's all of those are really are really great points because I I certainly believe that there are some some cultural barriers. Uh, there are just some things Absolutely. that we just accept as as norms that really are very right. abnormal, very exactly. very abnormal. So I'm I'm really intrigued by this area that you're that you're practicing in, which is why I was asking you about the the difference between you know the uniqueness I guess of of African Americans, and so. Have you done any study of maybe how religion plays a part in in our interactions with with each other? Well, you know, um, I think it helps us, and then I think it becomes a crutch as well. And I I say that you know kind of tongue in cheek because I am very much a devout Christian, uh, church goer, all that good stuff, raised in the church and everything. So I don't have anything against religion, but what I have watched happen is that. We use it in place of actually doing the hard emotional work. Church is to build your spirit, you know. Church and 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 and, that, and the whole entity of what it was intended to do. Um, when you really read the Bible and understand it, and with its true intention, and I'm all, I can only speak from that religion because I I have no dealing with any other. So, but. It was intended to build your spirit. It was intended for you to, to, to draw close to your creator and to, to grow from a spiritual perspective. But we're three parts. We're physical, soul, and spirit. And so we, a lot of times we'll take care of our spirit. We could be so, so spiritually strong. We know every scripture. We have faith. We believe. We, we all these different things. 
But then, and physically, we can go to the gym, we can work out, but our soul just kind of wastes in the balance, and we really don't do a lot to care for that, the place where we make our decisions, the place where we, 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 we have our will or our lack of will. You know, we can pray all day, but if we don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. There are those occasions where Jesus miraculously does something, but a lot of times, I, I, another one of my little sayings, a lot of times we're waiting on God to do these miracles, and he's waiting on us to do our part. And so my thing is to give, my whole purpose is to try to give people something to do in that soul area where they can actually they, give them a gym for their soul. There's a gym uh, for, your, for your body, your physical health. There's a gym for your spiritual health. That's the church. Here's a gym. Counseling and therapy is a gym for your soul health. That's that's really really interesting because I personally know and and I know this is this is not just unique to the people that I know, uh, people that mm-hmm. really just don't believe that if you if you they they believe that if you if you fully trust God, you won't need therapy. I I just think that that is absolutely asinine. So sorry, listeners, if you have an issue with that, but um, I, I do. I think I think it's asinine to say that, and I think like you pointed out. You know, you're talking about a tripartite individual. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, Three, mm-hmm. you know, mind, body, spirit. And to say that there is no outlet, no, right. uh, there, there's no value, or, or it goes against God if you, if you decide that you're going to go to another human to, to learn how to deal with certain things. When, in essence. That's what the commission is about. The Great Commission is about going out, bringing people in. Well, part of bringing people in is helping them to understand how to deal with life's issues. But it's also because here, here's the here's the thing that I see. If mm-hmm. if you have a uh, if you get hit by a car, right? No one is going to say that you go against God if you go to the hospital. Oh, absolutely not. No one's yeah, going to say absolutely. that. Now, the same yeah. faith and the same prayer that can heal your mind is the same prayer that will heal your body. I believe in faith healing, but I also believe that you should go to doctors. I don't think I don't think right. those two are are uh, even mutually exclusive, to be honest with you. I mean, right. I think you can, you can believe in both. So yeah. I, I bring that up to, to just ask you, what what has been your experience when you do come across people that, um, again, this is not just you talking. I mean, this is you're trained to do this. You are a trained therapist. So, mm-hmm. what has been and, and Christian? So, what has been yeah, your experience yeah. when you come across people that that they do say that they like? Well, I don't believe in therapy because you know I just believe I just need to take it to God. So, how do how do you deal with that? How do you overcome that with your clients? Well, I tell you this: um, my training, and I specifically sought out a place. Um, Liberty University, actually. I specifically sought out a university that um, combined the two. It's called integrative therapy. And what it is, it combines uh, kind of using a person's face as well as traditional therapy methods and, and bringing them together so that a person doesn't have to come into an environment where they feel like their face and the thing that matters to them the most is excluded from the process. So I personally sought out that because I knew that that was going to be a big challenge for a lot of people. Um, 
when I encounter people who don't see the value of it, number one, I'm, then I, I know our conversation is going to be short, unfortunately, because it sometimes, oftentimes, it's really hard to change their mind. You can have statistics. You can have proof. You can have verses. There's a scripture that talks about that there is safety in counsel. So, you know, it's not, it's not something that goes against their faith. And trying to convince them sometimes can be the most difficult thing, but if I were to try to convince said person, it would be uh, allowing them to know that their faith is respected and important in the process. And try and, and kind of like you just did, using an analogy where it, it says any other part of you that's broken, you, will, you won't have any issue going to it. You won't feel like you're violating God because God could just heal your broken leg or, you know, your sick body. But you go to the doctor, and, I mean, there are people who don't go to the doctor. So, like I said, sometimes those arguments are going to be fruitless because they just <laughs> they look, they look to the hills without, um, without looking to any practicality because God uses doctors sometimes to bring the healing. Sometimes he does it himself. I've heard lots of stories where people had a, a cancer or some sort of sickness, even broken limbs. And then they go in and get the operation or whatever, and the doctor goes in and don't see anything. So I believe sometimes he does it himself. Oftentimes, however, <laughs> he, he does it through other people. And I think that's a part of his divine plan to have us interconnected so we can stop trying to embrace this idea of individuality. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. I'll just figure this out. I'll just get through it. Or my personal favorite, which I heard a lot when I was growing up, nobody cares about what you feel. <laughs> you know, nobody cares about those feelings. You got to get this done. You got to keep on moving. You got to keep on stepping. You got to be strong. So I'm very leery not to say that to people as well, but I hope that answers your question. Some people on that end, I just don't even try to have that conversation because I, I kind of sense where they are. Other people, I would just try to convince them, letting them know that their faith is important in the counseling process with me. Yeah, and and I'm sure that that's a very that that's a very fine line because when you start getting into different denominations, when you start getting into uh -huh. you know, once you start breaking that down, now it's just like, oh Lord, you know, I'm dealing with a such and such. Well, I already know they they just <laughs> no, they gonna go to the elders and and let them do it. But but I believe that. <clears throat> Even from a biblical standpoint, Jesus mm -hmm. never said, "I healed this person." If you if you really look at look at scripture and and dissect mm -hmm. scripture, he he tells people all the time, "Hey, if you believe, this is what it is. If you uh -huh, your uh -huh. your faith has made you has made you whole. Like if you if you mm -hmm. really comb through the scriptures and you see those, and the reason mm -hmm. that I bring that up is because it goes right back to your mind." It goes right. right back to your mind. Whatever your mm -hmm. mind is telling you, that's what it's going to be. And I always tell people, like, if, if you're in a relationship and you think that, you're, that your uh, significant other is having an affair, you got the text messages that you believe is, you know, him or her setting up a date. You know who the person is because you see the phone. You know mm -hmm. they're meeting. They're meeting this person for lunch. You know whatever. You got all these things, and in your mind, you believe that that equals an affair, right? Now, mm -hmm. one day you might show up. It may be your birthday, and it may be a surprise party. And the whole time, this was the party planner. <laughs> 
Right. But you, you already believed certain things in your mind. You may even take action based on right. your aired beliefs. You believe. and, yeah. but, but what I'm saying is whatever you believe in your mind is exactly what's going to manifest, meaning that exactly. if you believe Absolutely. that God can heal you, if you, if you honestly believe that you believe it in your heart, you believe it in your heart that God can heal you, of course he can. But you mm -hmm. have to, you have to t take on not just that, you got to do all the other things too to still deal with that issue. Now, shifting right. just, just a little bit though, because I know we're talking and your expertise is the African-American community. One thing that mm -hmm. I've noticed, of course, I'm African-American too. One thing I've noticed in the African-American community really, and, and you mentioned it about, you know, kids are to be seen or not heard and this whole thing about, uh, we'll do this because I said so. Like there's no mm -hmm. rhyme or reason. It's just you said it, we do it. You know, right. um, I, I know that was, you know, that kind of is a testament to, to how I grew up so I can relate to that. But I say all that to, to get to this point. Do you find that that whole mentality has really crippled African Americans because they're they're not forced to they're not forced to really do the analysis because they're merely they're merely responding to a directive. Mhm. Mm mhm. Yeah, we push our children and ourselves too uh into a into an emotional corner uh and, and we teach us to be um, to be to to not even learn how to deal with our deal with our emotions. Like in my in my experience, for example, especially with little boys, especially with oh my god, especially with little boys, don't cry. You know, you don't cry. Or I, how we tell people when someone has passed away or some tragedy has happened, be strong. I'm not meant to be strong right now. <laughs> you know, that's not what the so-and-so just passed away, you know, or I just got this news or whatever. Why is it important for me to be strong, you know? How about you tell me how you deal with it? And oftentimes I try to make sure I say that to people, but, yes, we do cripple our children, and we don't teach them how to identify their emotions and then learn how to deal with them. Um, my uh, significant other, he's a teacher, and his school is actually creating a position for him, actually, where he's going to be um, he's going to be doing social and emotional development for the kids because they don't all they know is anger. All they know they're, they're elementary school children and in, in in the inner city and when they have a conflict with one another, when they are angry, when they are hurt, it's a fight. They have an average, I think he said, of fifty fights per week. Whereas one school he used to work at in the suburbs, they had an average of maybe two or three fights a year. Okay, and so I'm, that's a big measurable difference, and that goes to show you that something's not happening correctly. And so he's developing, or they're working together to develop a curriculum that will teach these students how to identify something other than anger, and what that means, what that looks like, and how to work through that. And so, you know, it, it, it's indicative of the fact that, especially when it comes to some of the socioeconomic differences in our community, we don't know how to, we don't know, we, we just don't know. We just do not know. 
and oftentimes even with my clients, <clears throat> when I'm telling them, okay, how does that make you feel? And I want them to tell me the feelings associated with, you know, a dismissive dad or abusive mother or, you know, a, a, a unhealthy relationship. They're like, I don't know. And I literally have to take 30- and 40-year-old adults and give them feeling words and say, here, look through this list and tell me everything that you felt because they have no idea. They have no idea. And so um, you're absolutely right and bring up a good point. And it, it leads to what I was going to say when you were talking about the whole idea of what your mind believes. I don't think we know what warrants counseling. I think part of it is, okay, no, that's not for us. That's for crazy people. But I think the other part is we don't really know what type of situation would call for us to get counseled because we are so used to just keep going, just push on. And that's something that uh, me and my team are working together to try to create some opportunities to raise awareness of what warrants counseling. And, and, and we won't just assume that people are just like dogmatically against it because a lot more people are talking about it now. A lot more of us have gone to school for it now. A lot more of us have embraced it and actually got counseling or coaching ourselves. So we don't want to just assume the traditional thought of people just hate counseling, even though I believe that some of that is true. We want to assume what a positive that maybe they don't know when to go to a counselor. Maybe they don't know what that's about or may don't know what kind of counselor to go to. Do you go to a counselor? Do you go to a therapist? Do you go to a psychiatrist? Uh, you know, do you, what, what type of uh, counselor to seek out and for what purposes? So we'll be working to raise awareness and educate people on when they actually should go to counseling and then who they should go to. Right, and, and the great thing that's not on that list is your pastor. Because lots of times they're, they are not, no, seriously, lots of times they are not trained to even identify. Right. Like when you first go, and, and that is a niche market. Like, listen, you need to know when these people come to you, you should have a skill set. If you're going to counsel people as part of your congregational services, you need to right. have a minimum level of training to understand, wait a minute, this needs professional counseling more from a clinical standpoint. Uh -huh. Just like if somebody tells you, I got a knot on my side. You know, it's, it's that sort of stuff, really understanding the, the symptoms. Right. Because that's where a lot of people fail because they feel right. like, Absolutely. Well, and once they go through spiritual counseling and they don't feel like it works because they are. Then they say counseling in general. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. not just that, they also then internalize it because they're like, well, maybe my faith isn't there. Maybe it's there. Uh -huh. So now they start to, you know, to compound whatever the primary issue is. So let me ask you this. So all of this is, is, is really, really great. And I think it's really a, 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 a much needed uh, breath of fresh air, especially within the African-American community. So what type of feedback, uh, though, have you been getting regarding because I know you, you made a little bit of a shift. So what type of feedback have you been getting since you made this shift? Um, you know, yeah, it, it's, more, it's more what type of feedback did I get to make the shift 
than what type of did I you know that then it is that I decided to make a shift and and what you're referencing so they'll know the listeners will know is that my primary focus for okay I've been in in counseling and therapy and all of that in this field of helping people for nearly 13 years I believe but I only started my business my own business in uh, 2013 and when I launched out I launched out. because because of my own personal situation that happened. I was in a relationship. It went south, and it broke my heart. It was the most disappointment I felt as a result of a, of a romantic relationship that I ever have felt. And through that healing process, I started to um, explore some things. And me being a counselor, I kind of used that on myself <laughs> and explored some things, got to some um, closure on some other things, dealt with some things from the past, and then had this sense of peace that you cannot imagine. So it was birthed out of my own experience. And so when I launched out, I uh, launched out on my own business. My primary focus was helping single black women, and so my whole idea was to to to, to approach it from a, a, a point of relationships and dating and all that. Well, as I started to interview people and as I started to counsel more people who fit into that box and, and host events and, and hear people's hearts, I started to notice that, yes, they were having relationship issues, but most of the time the issue was much deeper. And I also learned how to put this, and you may be able to speak to some of this too, Latoya, that um, I also learned that there there was a – a gulf, so to speak, between the woman wanting a relationship but actually being open to one, if that makes sense. So, you know, there's all this talk about black women in relationships and, you know, least likely to marry and, you know, all these different statistics and all that kind of stuff. But when I started talking to the black woman, it was as though, yes, it's important to her, but it's really not her main Focus, but she still had all these other issues and and faulty beliefs and, and and ways that she processed things that were not serving her well. So whether she had a relationship or not, whether she got a man or not, was not the issue. The issue is all the effects that some of those bad relationships have had on her, and how she just had to press on and push on and keep going. I had a very unique advantage in that when when my breakup happened, um, after me thinking that we were about to get married and everything, when my breakup happened, I then a week, within the next week, got fired from my job too. So I had a period of several months to just process what was happening. And so a lot of women don't get to do that. You know, and a lot of women don't, they, they, have, they, have, to, they have to physically keep going. But what I'm encouraging people to do is to carve out that time to take care of your heart, to, not just because of a breakup, but because of anything that may have happened to you um, that may be affecting the way you think. Now, if there's any place in your life, just like you were saying earlier, if there's any place in your life where you have a belief or you, you just don't have proof or you're behaving in a way that's not giving you the results you want, or you think something that is, is not serving you well, then, yes, you need to come. We need to talk. <laughs> you know, we need to talk as opposed to just saying, well, it just is what it is. I'll deal with it later. Kind of just like we do with our health sometimes. You know, we, 
we had this pain and we got insurance, you know, but, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later until it's too late or until it's, you got to go because now you've got to go lay up in the hospital. And another thing people should realize, too, unhandled emotional care can indeed turn into mental illness. If you go on for so long carrying something or thinking in a certain way, it does something to the chemistry and to the makeup of how your brain functions. And then the next thing you know, yes, you do have an anxiety disorder or you do have um, some type of psychosis or something. Still treatable, but now you got to go to a higher level. You have to go to a psychiatrist. you got to go to a psychologist. you got to go to a medical doctor who trains the brain. But a lot of times we, we could deal with things on such a smaller level if we would just give it some attention and admit that we need it. It does not say that you don't have faith. It does not mean that you, uh, you know, you're not strong. You're still strong. It's even more strict to say, I need to deal with this, as opposed to kind of sweeping over it. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> like, oh, I don't even yeah. know what the question was. <laughs> but I hope yeah. that answers the question. No, it, it, it definitely does. I mean, what it, what it also does is it just shows that this is not a, a simple issue. You know, it's not something right. that is that's cut and dry. It's, it's highly complicated. Mm-hmm. There are a, a multitude of of reasons and influences and, and all of these things about right. why this is a, a a true concern. Again, not just in dating relationships, but in just healthy relationships all the way around. Yeah, yeah, you know, yes. and and that is really something that I think that that uh that it's it's really good that that there's a lot coming out in this area. So. Just quickly, what are some other things, though, that, that, uh, that you're working on um, at this time? Um, well, uh, let's see. So in, in, in conjunction um, with my – I'm really doing a whole lot. With this new way that I'm going and just talking about general emotional wellness versus dating and relationships only, um, um, I'm, I'm doing a whole lot of kind of shifting and, and – changing strategies, a whole lot is going on on the back end of the business. But um, um, some of the things that I am working on, one is uh, still in conjunction with my book, is uh, my Heartbreak to Holdness workshop. Uh, we've had it now in two cities. We're looking to have it in three more, Houston, uh, Oklahoma City, and Atlanta. And um, and we're working on that, and basically it's, it's, it is dealing with that whole issue of, hey, my heart got broken, now what? It's dealing with that whole issue. And we've had it uh, in the other cities. It has been phenomenal. The women have truly enjoyed it. Their eyes have been open to some things that they didn't consider. And I applaud anybody who would come out, considering everything that you and I just talked about, <laughs> for a woman to still overcome all of that and say, you know what, I need help. I, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. I'm going to take this moment and, and take advantage of this on this Saturday afternoon. Then, you know, that says a lot. And so that's been very, very successful. Um, uh, I'm also working on launching a YouTube channel. That will probably be in the spring. And um, we're still figuring out, figuring out what, all, what all we're going to feature there. But I can tell you for sure. <laughs> I know for sure. It's going to have some elements of raising awareness about the need of, of 
emotional care. I'm careful not to say mental health because that's that's one of those scary phrases. <laughs> and like I said, I believe you before you get to the point of needing mental health care, you take care of your emotional health and you can avoid getting to the mental health state uh, in a lot of cases. And so, um, so yeah, it, it'll be raising awareness about the need for emotional health care and emotional wellness. So that's one element on it. I'm not sure what else we're going to do with it yet. Yeah, we're still talking about that. Um, let's see. Um, and I'm 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 effing up with my one-on-one clients. I kind of decreased uh, that area of my business so that I could do these events. But now that the event is kind of seamless, I'm able to take more one-on-one clients. And so um, those are probably the top three things right now that um, I'm working on in my business. <laughs> Sounds phenomenal. So what would what would you what was if you could say one piece of advice or uh, the the one thing that you would like to leave our real perspective listeners with? Um, just as you stated earlier, the business of fixing you, the business of caring for you, was never meant to be a solo project. It was never meant for you to go along in a corner, cry it out for a day and then act like it never happened. It was never meant for you to cover it up with, okay, I got to go to work, I got to go to school, I got to, you know, take care of these kids, I have to take care of my husband, my wife, you know, nobody cares about my feelings. And I hear people say that a lot, kind of casually, nobody cares, and it's like, you don't care. And we know that you can attract, you know, what you are, you get attracted the way you treat your, by the way you treat yourself, that's how other people will treat you. And so if you act like your feelings don't matter, don't blame it on your wife. Don't blame it on your husband that they just don't get it. You're not dealing with it either. <laughs> so how are they going to deal with it? I make sure people know how to treat me as it relates. Like, no, this hurts. Or, no, I'm disappointed about this. Not to blame and not to point fingers and not to be a, a baby or weak about a thing, but to let them know, look, my feelings do matter, and so do yours. Let's talk about that. I've dealt with people in my own interpersonal relationships where they're like, yeah, that made me mad, but anyway, it's all good. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's deal with that. Let's not act like that didn't happen. And so that's what I would say to them. It was never meant to be a solo project. You can go to friends. You can, but I suggest going to a professional. When, on some cases, sometimes you can't handle it between you and friends, but oftentimes friends are just listening kind of passively and, yeah, girl, I understand. Mm-hmm, yeah, man, I get it. You know, and, yeah, it's good to vent, but you still don't have a solution or you still don't have, you still have to work through the real issue. And so, I, again, it's not meant to be a solo project. It's not meant to be something you kind of take casually. Take your emotional health seriously so that other people can, so that you can be more happy, more fulfilled, and uh, more at peace on the inside. You don't even sometimes know that you need it until you don't have it, if that makes sense, or or until you do get it. And then after you get counseling, you're like, Lord, I didn't even know that this was a missing piece, which is another reason why I'm saying, um, you know, we want to do something to raise awareness about when you should get a counselor, when you should try a therapist as opposed to just talking with your friends or having a girl's night out or something like that. So that would be my last piece of advice. 
take care of you, and sometimes it requires bringing somebody professional in. Awesome. Now, guys, you can find out more about what Tracy is doing and all the great works and, and her tours and all of that at TracyReady.com. We are going to have that, that link right there on our website just in case you don't get it. But, again, that's TracyReady.com. She also has a giveaway for our listeners. So this is for the very first person. The very first person that does this is going to be the win winner. So Tracy's going to give away a free, a free, 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 free 60-minute uh, <laughs> strategy session valued at $125 to the very first person that emails her at hello at tracyready.com to arrange the 60-minute life strategy session. Now, what you're going to have to do, though, you're going to have to put real perspectives or perspectives in the subject line. Because that way yeah. she's going to know that it, it's coming from the listeners here and certainly let her know that you heard about it on the show. Now, the session will actually be used to outline a general plan for your most pressing life relationship or business dilemma. And whatever you guys discuss is, is actually up to you. So let Tracy know that in your email. Again, that's hello at tracyready.com. And that's to the very first person that puts real perspectives in the subject line and let Tracy know that you are coming to take advantage of this wonderful offer that she's offering uh, all you guys today. Uh, but it's only for the first person. <laughs> Tracy, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I'm so glad to be speaking with you today, and it was, it was awesome um, having this time with your listeners. Thank you guys for listening. Awesome. So, guys, I'm LaTanya Moore, your host. This is Real Perspectives, where we seek real people with real issues and real solutions from real perspectives. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.